Welcome to another episode of the Recovery Edge podcast. My name is Alfredo and I'm an alcoholic and I'm joined by my wifey, Kayla. And I'm an alcoholic. How are you, Kayla? Oh, I feel like we've had a hard week, but I'm doing good today. Good. How good. are you? I'm good. Nice to be back. We are uh, doing a check-in meeting, really, just me and my wifey, yep. co-host. Um, thought we would just get on this episode and talk about our week in recovery. Yes. It's been a pretty tough week. Mm-hmm. I guess things are always happening in the recovery world for us. Well, I mean, we just know we're just in the mix of, you know, mm-hmm. people who are in recovery and, you know, either sober or struggling and that uh, makes for a pretty interesting life. And then what we have going on ourselves. Yeah. And I think that I thought that when I got sober, things would be easier or life would just be better and it would just be puppies and rainbows and balloons. And then, you know, sometimes hard things happen in sobriety. And I just don't think that we can, you know, ask our guests to come on and be open and honest if we don't be open and honest and share our you know our struggles and we had a big week so yeah. let's get into it so you had a uh, a dream crusher of an event mm-hmm. you could say well on tuesday i got a phone call um from the doctor and we had been starting the process for IVF to have a baby and to have a baby and build a family has been a dream of mine. Um, It was a major contributing factor to me getting sober and cleaning up my life and and just didn't want to bring a child into such chaos. And in sobriety, when things got hard and... um, I didn't want to go on like that dream of like, you know, I, I just have to keep pushing forward so that I can provide a good life for my kid, like brought me pretty far. Um, so on Tuesday when I got this phone call from the doctor and the doctor said that I cannot have biological children, um, really my my hopes and dreams were crushed. And in that same phone call, the doctor said that that I am going into a perimetopause uh, state quite early due to uh, having, I have a lung illness called cystic fibrosis and that illness is causing me to go into perimetopause early. They think they, they're not sure, but they think that's what the cause of it is. Um, and so they can tell this um, from, you know, some blood work they had done. And along with that blood work, some numbers um, were quite high. And they believe that I have a tumor in my brain from the, on the pituitary gland. And um, that is a lot to hear in one phone call. And I um, was by myself. 
um, at my uncle's house. Well, my uncle was there, but he was sleeping in the other room. I was by myself on telehealth during this phone call or Zoom call or whatever. And um, I just immediately was in such shock because I think when um, you think that you're going to get you know, sober in your 30s and clean up your life and then you get married and naturally you want to start having kids and build a family. Um, it's it's quite hard to hear that it's, you cannot do that. Um, and I just went to shock and like started sobbing uncontrollably and went downstairs and I couldn't wake my uncle didn't want to physically wake him because he has a, a heart monitor, um, so I'm always scared of <laughs> giving Uncle Daryl a heart attack, but um, <clears throat> I really thought that I was going to to drink, um, and I got, I just decided it wasn't good for me to be, you know, in that place, in that house, and that I should probably just come home, and on that drive home, I just... The, the loss and devastation and sadness that overcame me um, felt more than I could handle. And I all I wanted was for it to stop. To, to feel your feelings and sobriety can be o quite overwhelming at times. And honestly, I probably would have done whatever drug or shot or drink was in front of me if I you know, could have got my hands on it, but by the grace of God, I, um, you know, thought through the drink, and I couldn't bear the thought of coming home, and you finding me drunk, just especially after we're newly married, and we're getting ready to move into the new house, and um, so the car drove itself home that day. And I just went to our bedroom and laid on the bed and sobbed till you got home. And um, I would say that there was probably a 24, 48-hour uh, window where I didn't have a real strong will to live anymore. Um, there was quite this, like, I just felt like I was rocked from my foundation. Um, and my hopes and dreams were gone, and being in a hopeless state is not great for this alcoholic. Um, so luckily, you know, who brought me to meetings, I talked to my sponsor, I just, I really had to dig into the program this week. Yeah, because this was almost like, I mean, how do I put this? I it was the main goal in your life for the reason that you were getting sober almost just sober school doing everything right because you wanted to have a family one day and you were setting the table for that and then when you found out that physically it may not be possible according to the doctor um it crushed it crushed your heart you know and uh i sat there with you for a couple of days and um, I mean, you were sad. I mean, I didn't sit with you for a couple of days, yeah. but I lived with you. Yeah. Um, so I saw your attitude change and your will to do much like that. 
you know, like go to the gym or have fun and laugh. Uh, it was tough. Um, you talked to your sponsor and she kind of helped you out, I think, a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we had that small period of, uh, of mourning or something. Um, but then, you know, we, you said that you were told you could find another dream, that it would come. I believe that. And, you know, there's, we have other avenues to explore now for our family. So it's not the end, you know. And I think that, you know, it's not the end until it's the end. And, you know, we have a lot of uh, advice from people and, and doctors. They have their diagnosis. But in the end, it's really what God wants to author for us will happen. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, no matter how that looks. Anything that I've ever got that's great, like you, <laughs> never happened the way I imagined, you know, in our life together. and Just my life in general now. I couldn't have authored it the way, if it happened the way I wanted, I don't know. I don't think that would have been possible. So sometimes we get things that are, uh, I think that I've gotten things that are out of my league almost, you know, not because of who I am, but because I rely on God for most of for my life, you know. For I try to keep it God-centered. Anyways, I don't want to go too off the beaten path here, but I'm just saying that uh, sometimes things happen and it's they're not the way that we envisioned them, you know, the way that we wrote it. So that was a that was that was a tough week, but then we went to Estes Park and saw the leaves, and you know, and things started to the sun started to come out again, as it always does, you know. Um, and today we're just back busy doing life stuff and moving. We have another house to move into, so we're packing and getting all of our crazy things, well, most of our stuff, you know, my stuff, into the new home. And so things are kind of crazy, and but we're uh, getting back on a schedule, and we found a, a new meeting in Berthoud. Yes. And that was a cool meeting, a Friday night. Mm -hmm. You know, some old faces and new faces there, familiar faces. And I thought that did a lot of good for us. It's nice I to have that option. Like Really interesting how this week played out because it was, um, I was so grateful to the amount of work that we have done in the program. You know, we were able to lean into the program more and go to different meetings, like um, go to the meetings that we had been going and seeing, you know, our, our support system, our people. Um, <clears throat> and then... A lot of anybody that knows me knows that all I just I love kids so much. So um, you know when I did talk to my my friends or my sponsor about it, they just they would tell me over and over like we we just don't have any words to tell you like I don't know what to tell you you know, and um, you know eventually that my sponsor had said like a new dream will come like. God hasn't brought you this far to 
to drop you now. Um, and so we were, yeah, we were able to have that uh, community around us, the the recovery community is so welcoming and loving and supporting. Um, and let, the world did not stop revolving because I, my hopes and dreams were, were shattered. And, but like, were they really, were they really, or was it just my attachment to like how I thought it should look, you know, there's, the doctors come and said like, you could get an egg donor or you could, um, and then I could still carry the baby myself um, or you can adopt or, you know, it can look, it may look different, but not all hope is lost. And I think that through this week, when I look back, you know, I had to, to grieve about like this this hope or dream that I had like died and I feel like I mean forever my family tree will be altered because of that phone call and a little piece of myself uh you know died and I had to grieve through that but moving forward and working through that grief you know and along the lines of what you're saying with God's plan like maybe it wasn't God's plan for me to have a biological child and that my pain and suffering is directly linked to my attachment to how I think things should go. And, um, you know, it's, it's his will, not mine. And I have to let, let that go and accept it for, for what the situation is. And I just feel like some of that healing or the best way that I can do some of that is to share this story and be honest and and open and um and more shall be revealed so yeah we had a good little weekend and reconnected and this week we move into the new house a new chapter of our life and it's it's just in God's, God's timing, God's plan of everything unfolding. Certainly not my timing or my plan. So that was my <laughs> hard lesson for this mm-hmm. week. But, um, and I was worried that you started to feel like, well, what good is this guy for now? You know, <laughs> no. you know, what I get married for, along with what did I get sober for? What am I going to school for? What is all this for? Yeah. I I wondered about that. I think that those questions, you know, when this um, idea or dream, you made it your foundation and it's brought you so far, those questions, you know, crossed my mind too and um, just really really made me like question sobriety right because when that hope is gone and it it could be anything for someone like maybe Mm -hmm. somebody is out there and got like sober so that girl would come back or so they can get their kids back and maybe the courts like decide they still don't get their kids or you know whatever 
that hope or dream is, you know, it's not guaranteed to us in sobriety just because we, you could do everything right and still not get that hope and dream. And um, so it's really what is like left if that is taken away. And, uh, you know, a really hard lesson for me was that I did not build my, I built my foundation on that and not on my spiritual life and not on God. And um, I had to really question those things. Um, But I do believe that it was more that God brought us together. There's very like weird things of, you know, whether somebody says the stars just aligned for us to be together or whatever, I do feel like God brought us together and wants us to, that you're my soulmate. And so, and yes, I think you'll be a good father, but more than that, like you're my soulmate. And whether we have kids or not, or whether our family tree looks different than how I thought, whatever that looks like, I know I'm supposed to be with you. And so, and I know that sobriety is the way of life that we share and that I have to do. You know, drinking's not an option. Drugs aren't an option. So now I have to fill my life and I need to rebuild my foundation on a spiritual foundation, which obviously I don't know how to do or I would have done that in the beginning. So <laughs> I lean into the program and learn from others. Well, I married you for you. You know that I told you that since the beginning, not for a kid or I said whatever happens happens and I'll be here no matter what our family looks like speaking of marriage and all that we've been learning about marriage together and um, I mean that sounds weird to say but (laughs) for me I didn't really have anybody sit down with me and talk to me about marriage as a kid um I just saw my family members and how they dealt with marriage and just thought, oh, I never want to get married because they're all divorced or whatever. And and uh, the closest thing I saw to how a marriage should be was my own parents. But over the last couple of weeks, we've been studying about marriage or talking about it at, at church. And like I'm learning about what my role is here on the fly. And it's very interesting and eye-opening. And and I look forward to, uh, well, I mean, I'm in it now, (laughs) but taking that role, you know, of uh, being your protector, provider, and just being that, trying to be that spokesperson for God, you know, in in our family. Nobody sat down and told me that's what marriage was about me neither. as a kid. And here we are. I'd say right off the bat, we started moving really fast. Life happened to us really fast. Yeah. But we're fast movers. We're always into something. And it's exciting to be on this journey with you because it's already an exciting journey. And, yeah. uh, but... I have no doubt that we'll get through it, 
you know, the good times, bad times, challenging times. My sponsor said he yes. doesn't pray for those times to go away, right? You, you said it right. good. He, oh, I just love him. He's amazing. But he said, I don't pray for my hard times to go away. I pray for God to help me man up through the hard times. And so, I mean, when he said that in the meeting the other night, I just... I just felt that to my very core um, and just I wanted that pain and that sorrow to, to go away so bad, so, so bad. I would have done anything. Um, and so when he said that, I just knew that that's what God needed me to hear. So I'm not really sure <laughs> what the female version of that is. So... If you're listening to this and you know the female version of man asking up. God to help you man up, please, please write it <laughs> to us and let me know because it, it feels weird to ask God to help me man up when I'm dealing with some <laughs> fertility, womanly issue. But I, I get the point of what they're, they're saying, you know, like what God mm -hmm. needed me to hear. So, Well, I think that was a real powerful check-in for us. And um, I'm, I'm just floored with the amount of support that we get from, you know, a couple people in our meetings and those who know us. And um, what more can you ask for? You know, just the love of, of uh, our our AA fam and our family and all that stuff. And that'll be a wrap for this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, we're just sitting here touching base with each other and. We'll, uh, we'll be doing this again. Why not? And uh, that'll be it. So check out our podcast at uh, recoveryedgepodcast.com. You can uh, find our link to our YouTube page. Um, also, there's a, if you'd like to help support the show, there's a donate button on our website. Um, buy us a coffee. Hit the little coffee link. Um, but uh, we'll just keep at it. Thanks for uh, listening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>